He looked at me and said, Chels, I don't love you and I don't think I actually ever did. Oh my God. He said those words. Holy shit. Yeah. Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. And today, I say this for every episode, but today's another very special episode. And we have an amazing guest here with us this welcoming on Chelsea, who is not only a friend, she is a past client. She's a coach herself. She's amazing. I've had my clients work with her. I see her incredible work all the time. And she is someone that I have connected with so much over this topic. And I'm so excited to bring it to you. It's been, I said, probably the most requested topic ever for the podcast. So without further ado, today's topic that we're going to be talking about is breakups. We're going to be talking about breakups and how to find yourself after a breakup because it can be such a fucking shitty, isolating experience. And so today, me and Chelsea are just going to jam. We're going to chat. We're going to share some of our stories and we're going to share some practical tools, tips, and advice from two coaches to you about how you can... who. Well, I'll speak for myself here, but I feel like I have a lot of a lot of experience in the breakup arena. Um, and Chelsea has her own beautiful stories as well. But I want to share some of the best things that have helped me get through those really hard times to get to where I am today, which is feeling at peace within myself, but also knowing that I'm not going to feel that way all the time. So welcome, Chelsea. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this topic, especially. I think it's very well needed in the space. So thank you so much. Totally. I'm so, so excited. And I thought we could just open with you sharing about breakups, where Mm. you're at, what's been going on, what have you experienced? And let's just share fucking raw and real about what going through breakups in our own personal lives have looked like. And maybe I'll go first, actually, this might be a better idea. Um, I've been through fucking many a breakup in my time. Um, I feel like they are one of the most painful, but also liberating things to experience and to go through. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily choose the pain, but (laughs) I am grateful for each and every one of them because it's led me to here where I am today. But what I want to acknowledge with my own personal breakups that I feel like not a lot of us speak as openly about is the pain, is the pain that you go through when you split from this human that you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And for me, I've always struggled with not future projecting. I I remember going on fucking first or second dates with partners and being like, oh my God, they're the one, we're going to have children together, like let's get married and envisioning that life together. And I think there's so much judgment of that. And obviously it's not very helpful, but it's also okay, right? And we are human beings and we are designed to be in community, to be in relationships. We have these hormones and beautiful things inside of our bodies that are literally pointing us in that direction. As a woman, we go through a 28-day cycle where for about a week, we are roaring to go. We are looking for a partner. Mm. Your body is saying, I need a partner in this life. And it's also a big part of survival and safety and one of our top priorities in our human bodies is to reproduce, right? 
yeah. whether we know it or not, like that urge, that desire to be in partnership, it sits there. But what also gets to sit there is walls and scars and pain. And oh my God, have I been hurt throughout relationships? Um, my last couple of relationships, the breakups were, I don't know if you found this, Chelsea, but I felt like since I started doing this work, the breakups were even worse because oh, yeah. of the amount of pain I let myself feel. Yeah. I remember we're getting into some good stories now. I remember one of the relationships, it was actually quite short lived that I was in while I was overseas, but I fell head fucking heels in love with this person and thought they were amazing. Thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with them. It was like a fairy tale. It was electric. It was so passionate. Um, I was only about 21 at the time and I fell so hard and so heavy and what happened was eventually at some stage he something changed for him and he just flipped and was going through his own personal journey. And he was, he was angry and sad and complicated and lashing out at me and lashing out at others. And I had no idea what on God's good earth, God's good earth was going on with him. It was so confusing. And we ended up ignoring each other for a week. I had no idea how to even address how he was feeling. I had no clue to go, Oh, he's to actually no. Oh my God. He was going through something. I just was, I put my hands to the one. I said, Hey, you got to figure your shit out because you can't yell at me like this. It's not cool. You can't treat me like this. And we, he ended up eventually, we got back together. And then he, then like a, a few days later, he was like, I don't know what I want. Um, and I said, okay, cool. Well, obviously you don't want this relationship. Like let's break up. And it was so within me to just straight away. I felt that wall go up. I remember saying those words and very sarcastically, well, obviously you don't want me, you know, yeah. I was like, if you're not certain about this, if you, and I put up this giant wall and I was like, let, like, let's break up, let's leave it. And I, so it was the most painful experience, probably maybe not most painful, but it was so hard because I watched him literally get with another girl about two days later and they went on to have, and I was surrounded by them. We were at the same camp and I had to watch them have this super intense loving relationship and they were together for quite some time and it fucking sucked it oh, sucked yeah. so hard and the stories that I created there around he just didn't want me like it was me it was my fault I wasn't good enough for him he obviously just wanted somebody else who was good enough for him and it was there was so much pain around that rejection and my own abandonment wounds were triggered but at the time I had zero emotional intelligence around this. I had no idea what was going on. I put up this massive wall. I didn't even, I didn't even cry. I remember I didn't even cry and I was in so much pain and I was just in this place where I was surrounded by people at this camp and there was drama and gossip all the time. And I just put up this wall and I was like, right, alcohol, here we go. Like, let's party. What's next? Like, I have to distract myself. I have to numb. I have to avoid. And after that, I ended up out of like, sheer desperation for filling this void of, I didn't feel good enough. I ended up sleeping with some of my closest friends and hurting them in the process and treating people like shit and treating myself like shit. It was the, the year that followed for me was one of the worst years of letting myself and my body be used by others and confusing sex with love. Yes. And yeah. it oh, oh, sucked. It's such a coping mechanism for people, yeah. right? Especially women. Well, males as oh well. God, yeah. But I think for women, especially, we always want to make something mean something about us. Yeah. That's that right there, right, Charles? And I just made that experience. And to be honest, the breakups that followed and, you know, even the, the situationships that followed throughout my whole life, I had really noticed that that's what I'd done. <laughs> but 
what was so interesting going into this, you know, world of self-development, understanding myself, getting coaching, getting support in this area and understanding my true core wound of abandonment and rejection from my own father who wasn't in my life and seeing how that impacted how I showed up in relationships and how I treated myself throughout that process. But what was both uh, a curse and a blessing was in my last two breakups, I had this awareness and I had this knowledge and I knew the quickest way to get through this pain was to feel the pain. And fuck, like it was just awful. Like I remember one of my breakups, I think I, I've never cried so much in my life. Like I, I remember I called my mom and I got her to come around and I literally just got up, like pretty much crawled onto her lap and I just cried. I just cried and cried and cried. And I felt like my heart was breaking and I just. It literally hurts. Like it does. You feel like Mm -hmm. a pain. Yeah. You feel such pain and such grief. And what I want to remind anyone going through this pain at the moment is that you are grieving for a life that is lost you're grieving a future that you have created with this person or an idea of what you've created. Cause as much as we tell ourselves, we don't do this. And as much as we try not to, well, I say, I try not to, you do to some degree, you start planning for the future, you know, and going through those experiences and feeling the pain is some of the most rewarding, painful, brave shit that I think anyone can do because being loved is awesome being loved by yourself, being loved by another, being in a loving relationship is one of the most beautiful things ever to exist. But also the polar opposite end of that, you know, being left or ending something or ending a commitment, that's also extremely beautiful and it's pain um, and creates these cycles of growth. But I just want to fucking acknowledge how shitty, how shitty breakups are and how painful they are. And if you are in the space, like honestly, I just cried for days. I cried for days and I had to, to get through that patch of time, I had to distract myself. I had to take time to numb. It's impossible to just feel all the time. Right. Yeah. It's exhausting as well. It is. is It's exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. It so is. And what really shifted for me, Charleston, you probably experienced something similar, but breakups before I learned about self-development, healing growth before coach Kathleen even existed, the Mm -hmm. breakups before that they were filled with numbing and avoiding constantly. And I didn't know that that was what I was doing. Yes. Yeah. It's like the more awareness you have, the harder it actually is because you know that you've got a choice. Mm -hmm. You you get this awareness and you're like, okay, now I have a choice. Like I can either continue to numb it because I'm aware that that's my pattern, my past pattern, or I've got to fucking feel my way through this. Yeah. You have a choice and- I had to make every day I had to make that choice. Every time I just, every time I woke up, I had to say, is today a day that I can feel or is today a day that I need to avoid things or I need to go out and find some happiness for a while or I need to go find some distraction. And Mm -hmm. sadly, I think what I learned is that when I did numb and avoid everything, like I had to process like five years worth of breakups Mm -hmm. when I entered into the self, like when I entered into this new, I'm going to stop saying self-development, but when I entered into this new relationship with myself, I had to process so many breakups and so many also like situationships that I just didn't, I just pretended they were fine. I pretended it was okay that they ended that the way that they ended. I still remember this crushing moment. This is 
something that I entered into when I was working with a somatic therapist, the first time I did somatic work, this was one of my strongest body memories around, around like rejection and heartbreak. And it was this moment where I was in, I had been in this situationship, whatever you want to call it, casually seeing someone for a really long time. And I had been absolutely fucking head over heels for them. And I knew that they didn't feel the same way. They didn't want the same thing. But yet I accepted the breadcrumbs of love because I thought that I could handle it. I thought it would feel better just to have some of that. I pretended that I didn't want anything serious. I pretended, you know, that I just wanted to be casual too. And I and I saw lots of other people like, during that time to distract myself too. Yeah. And it's deep down, I think, like, we're like, oh, we can change them. <laughs> oh, my like, God, yes. We're telling ourselves, oh, no, like, it's casual. We don't want, but deep down, there's some part of us that is like, oh, I know that I'll make, like, he'll change his mind. I, absolutely but like you don't want to bring that to the surface you don't no, want to, admit, you don't want to no. admit that that's that the reason scary. why you're doing the stuff that you're yeah. doing you know um but I had this moment where basically one of my friends had told me that he was seeing someone else and he was going to ask them to be his girlfriend that day or something and it literally I still remember I can still feel it in my body I was sitting in this chair we were getting our fucking toenails done or something and she told me this and like I've never felt that level of crushing anxiety before like it felt like my heart was just being squished and I just this you know when you go to the well on a roller coaster and then you go right off and your stomach goes through your fucking heart and your chest and your eyeballs it felt like that and I felt like I'd been winded and I just lost my breath and I was just so taken aback by the fact that I again felt like I wasn't enough and how much pain that caused and I, I remember that was one of the first experiences that I had where I was feeling something and I couldn't numb it. I couldn't avoid from it. I was just feeling it. And I was like, oh, fuck. this is fucking horrible. And I was like, ah. and I freaked out, you know, and I've had many of those moments in my life. I've had many breakups now. And it's so funny just looking back on those relationships and seeing the pain that went through and the, and the love that was there. But what has changed for me is the ability to hold myself in pain. So that's been my journey with breakups, Chels. What about yours? Similar, I guess, in the fact that earlier ones before, you know, kind of having that level of awareness and doing the work. It was what can we? What do we call this? Like pre, pre, I'm prologue. Yeah, yeah, like the prologues, <laughs> like before, before, <laughs> just before. Yeah, before mm. I had reawakening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> before all the ego deaths and the rebirth <laughs> yes 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 yeah but yeah um probably I mean I haven't been in that many relationships but the ones I've been in have been long because I have clung to them mm. like and when they should have ended I've been the one to hold on oh yes and yeah the my, like my first one probably like in high school that lasted a few years after high school was so so toxic but you know you're young and you're like I need this and the same like Mm -hmm. same thing I think when you've got a big father wound you're like so desperate to be loved that you will just put up with shit yeah I've not um yeah if you don't have the awareness around it or worked on it so Mm. and because of it's because it feels almost absent like I know me and Charles have talked about this before and we've both pretty much had absent fathers is that right and it's because of the fact that you have this absence that you almost, that's the only thing your brain computes when it thinks yeah. relationship with a man, speaking from my perspective, when it thinks relationship with a man, my brain automatically thinks and compares it to relationship with absentee father yeah. where it's, it's just a hole almost, it's just a void. Mm. And so yeah. 
when you think about transferring that to a romantic relationship, because obviously that's what you've learned, you don't have the same standards. You don't, you don't have, or I didn't have any, no. I didn't have any standards. I didn't have any standards for how men should treat me. I had absolutely nothing to base it off, you know? Whereas did you find like for me in friendships, I'm very now, I mean, I think I've always been pretty firm and strong in the way that I want to be treated by my friends. Mm-hmm. And because I had these, you know, standards of relationship that I felt and experienced in the relationship with my mother and what I saw in her relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And yet we don't transfer that into romantic relationships. Yeah. Then we just look for a void to, you know, so again, you just like, oh, cool. Okay. It feels really, really. And like, can we just acknowledge how good it feels to be fucking loved, how good oh. it feels to be chosen, how good it feels yeah. to have somebody say, I want you and yeah. I choose you. Like, we again are programmed and primed as human beings to crave that. And that's okay. Yeah. I think and I for think a long time, our primal roots. Like exactly. That, it's it's a core need is that connection. It is, isn't it? That connection. That, and as women, our top mm-hmm. priority is community. Yeah. Community and connection. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when that void is missing, that's where things, and especially when you don't have that, what I think was missing in the, in the pre and the prologues before I, before Kathleen mindset coach existed. Um, what I think was missing was that relationship with myself. Oh, I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even know that was a thing that I needed to to work on or prioritize yeah. or realize yeah. that I needed to build one like with myself. Right. Yeah. And, or even the concept that I was already in a relationship with myself every single day, every single moment of every single day for the rest of your freaking life, you are going to be in relationship with yourself. Yeah. And you are the one that gets to choose how amazing that relationship is or how shameful and critical and hard that relationship gets to be, or whether you choose to invest time, invest energy, invest in changing it, invest in growing it, invest in it being an amazing relationship. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the biggest thing, when it comes back to the abandonment wound, there is no deeper abandonment wound than the one you've created with yourself from yourself. Mic drop. There is no deeper abandonment wound than the one that you've created with yourself. And it's so fucking true. How many, when I look back at how many moments I chose another over myself, and I think I have really key memories here, but I I think you do as well, Charles, like Mm -hmm. in relationships where you know the relationship isn't for you. You yeah. know oh. that it's not helping you. It's harming you. And you yeah. use the word cling. And that is that moment of self-abandonment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is that moment mm-hmm. where you, and I want to say that you you don't consciously make this choice. You are no. stuck in survival mode. So if anyone has made these choices, there's a big part of self-forgiveness that gets to happen here. And look, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to make that choice again sometimes. Yeah. I'm probably going to make some of those mistakes and, and learn from that and be okay with that. But mm-hmm. It's an ever-learning journey, but I'm sick of feeling the shame about my past relationships. I'm sick of oh. feeling like a breakup is a failure because yeah. oh, a breakup a breakup does not mean that the relationship failed. Yes. A breakup means that the relationship has run its course. And 100%. it's really hard sometimes to let it get to that point, to let it run its course, right? To say, it's done and I need to stop abandoning myself and I need to choose myself in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, so my first real breakup was very much detach, go out every weekend. Yes. I 
like I remember it was anyone. Win- yeah, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday nights, I was going out to town and I'm like, what on God's good earth was I doing? And I remember like hooking Ooh. up with fucking seven to 10 guys on the dance floor, yes. girls too. And I was just like drinking and doing oh. drugs and pretending mm-hmm. it was all okay, you know? Yeah, and it's like you go into this like I'm single now, I'm so fine with it, and I'm going to prove to everyone <laughs> I'm going to hook up, I'm going to look hot, and really inside you're this fucking hot mess. Oh, oh my God, it reminds me of what fucking Khloe Kardashian's revenge body. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, my God. Triggers me or kills me more than when – someone and someone said it the other day that they were going to get a revenge body i think it was a friend of mine so if you're listening babe i'm sorry but nothing triggers me fucking more when somebody says they're going to get a revenge body because i went to try and get a revenge body i did that so many fucking times and god you don't get revenge at all do you you just no. you get nothing you get the opposite of revenge like you just get body dysmorphia and yeah and, and yeah and that's literally what happened and fuck and it was so it was so messed up that the idea is planted from society that if your body changes, somebody's going to want you more. And I want to get so, yeah, the worth we attach to that. And I want to get so vulnerable about this one part because I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went through this breakup that I was mentioning where he moved on really quickly, like, and I had to watch it. I was at this camp and I had to watch them be together. She was the most beautiful, thinnest girl. Like I would a hundred percent say she was the hottest girl on this whole camp of like 300 people. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she'd just broken up with her partner as well. So it felt like, oh my God, they broke up to get, they broke up with their partners to get together. Who knows how long this is going on for? I had all these questions, you know, and it was so painful to think that I wasn't pretty enough. And that's why he chose someone else mm-hmm. that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't hot enough. I wasn't thin enough. I didn't have big enough boobs. I wasn't tan enough. Whatever thing I was fixated on at that particular time, I wasn't enough in some ways. And that's why he broke up with me. That's why the relationship ended. And those 100% are some of the real stories that I, and beliefs that I created in those earlier breakups about myself was that I wasn't enough and it was my fault. Whereas Everything has shifted now. And I know now, even when, and I've been broken up with many a time and I've broken up with people, but I always know that the breakup is about that person. Yes. The breakup is about them. It's not about you. It's about them choosing themselves, knowing themselves and saying this relationship just simply isn't for me. And what they're also saying is it isn't for you either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it can be so conflicting because, emotion versus logic here oh yes yeah oh and like even for me the the recent one that I've had there was times where it was fully on me like as in like this means something about me I'm not good enough I'm not hot enough you know the person he had left me for again had the body type was tall long blonde hair like very aesthetic yeah but then the emotional side of me is like I just know that it's not for me because I've kind of realized that what's meant for you will actually be like, it can't end or it can't, you know, f- use the word fail if it's mm-hmm. truly meant for you. Yeah. It will not pass you by. Right. Yes. And I think it's important to remember that we live in the society that tells us if you're not in a relationship, you're a failure. And there is this concept of the 
the struggling single girl, isn't there? There's this concept of shame for, you know, even the idea of the spinster, right? When I was young, I actually said to, I remember this conversation, I said to my mum, and I must have heard the word spinster somewhere. I said to my mum, oh my God, I'm going to be a spinster. And I said it because I thought that it was like, fun it sounded like a lady who rode her bike everywhere and had a great time and she was like a spinster you know and she was having a great fucking time and she wasn't tied down and I remember I said to my mum that I want to be a spinster and she said to me do you know what that means and she shared with me the the sad version of it she shared with me what society has led us to believe about the world that we live in and about what that there's shame tied to being single and that being single means that you are not good enough for people you haven't had success in relationships or that you're a failure or even going down the road of, you know, not having children or not having a family and the pain and the shame that has been attached to that versus when somebody makes an empowered choice or when it simply yeah. doesn't happen for someone. And I think the difference here also with females, like when a male is single, you know, he's living his best life. He's partying. He's a hero, right? He's a hero. He's yeah. A hero. Mm-hmm. But when a female single, it's like, she's crying in the bathroom, lonely, this chugging man. back her shots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, I have to. This is the breakfast. Yeah, I just have to tell the funniest fucking story to bring some light to this because it's it's just fucking funny. Okay. Um, in a breakout one time and we had a, a big friend group and for some reason he we'd literally just split up and he decided that he was going to come out and have this dinner and drink stuff with us. And I was a bit pissed off. I was like, oh, you know, and he'd said, you know, we're mature enough to be friends, whatever. And I was like, fuck you. I was like, I'm not mature enough right now. I wanted to yeah. go and get drunk and go hook up with someone to numb my pain. Um, and I was like, it's going to be so annoying if you're right there. Now anyway, we went to this bar to have dinner where we used to go quite a few times and I had developed a bit of a, a relationship with one of the bartenders there, a woman, like a friendship. And as soon as we got there, like she came, she was like, how are you? And I was like, oh, you know, she, and, and she'd been kind of in on the relationship stuff. And I said to her, oh, you know, uh, we've broken up and this is what happened. And it was really painful and it sucked. And like, I'm really sad and stuff. And she was like, don't you worry, sister. Like I like, I be like, I've only spoken to this woman probably about, three times when I've been drunk and just, you know, sat and had a deep and meaningful with her. And she was just like, don't worry, we got you. So all these women in this bar, like she told every single waitress oh that about what had happened and that the fact that he'd chosen to come and that he was there as well. And she fucking pointed us away. It was so, t- and I literally, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's so funny. Um, it's so good. And anyway, so basically like she treated me like a queen she came out and she she'd give me like tequila shots and like get everyone real hyped up for me and like she and like fucking everyone was cheersing to me and all this and then she brought out everyone's drinks and she came by and she whispered in my ear and she just said i spat in his drink <laughs> she said for every single one of his drinks somebody spat in his drink that oh. night and i was like oh my god and it was like it was just amazing to see this woman who obviously had been like scorned by a man or had some per- yes. per- pain, like a lot of us do, to see her stand up for me in the way that she probably wished she would have had someone stand up for her when she was going yeah. through that pain. She looked out for me like the big sister that I never had. And I, yeah. honest to God, had met this woman about three times. Um, it ended up being the most hilarious night I got like pretty much blackout drunk and the one thing I do remember was that I somehow ended up at the end of the night I ended up in the kitchen cooking corn with people I was cooking the corn and I have no idea how I ended up there what I was doing but 
Oh, I think I can't believe I just said that story. That is amazing. But anyway, shout out to that legend. I at that bar, I can't even remember her name, but she was fucking epic, and she stayed all of those drinks for the entire night. And my god, and it was just. But moral from that story was, I think that a lot of people, and I really saw it in this story, and I see it in myself, especially, and I'll speak from my perspective. I have a lot of pain, regret, and sadness at not speaking up and not using my voice and at not saying, Hey, this is not okay. Or at not saying, Hey, like, I don't appreciate the way you're treating me right now. Or, and I've had multiple moments in relationships where I've known I need to end it and they're not for me, but I've been Mm -hmm. too afraid to. And in my last relationship, I remember I had this massive moment where I was feeling all the shame because of something that had happened around sex and pleasure. And there was all the shame from him being thrust on me and he was projecting and pushing it onto me. And I, I couldn't speak up and I couldn't say what was happening. And I remember going for this walk on the beach and I remember going, the question I always ask is what would the version of myself that has super strong self-worth, what would I do? What is a high self-worth action from here? And I remember literally going, I would end it. Yeah. If I believed I was enough, I would end it and know that I don't deserve to be treated this way. And I came back and I stayed in that relationship for three more months. I didn't, I didn't end it. I knew exactly what I was doing. I was super aware and I knew that I'd made that choice. Mm-hmm. And that is something I have to live with, but I also acknowledge that I just wasn't in that place to make that choice. I, I didn't know how, you know, and that was so okay. And that's so okay. Like I well, wasn't in a place where I could end it where I could end that relationship and that's okay right it's okay that we stay in them for longer it's okay that we leave them earlier it's okay if we have walls it's okay if we have wounds it's okay if we have pain it's okay if you cry for seven days or you drink for seven days well it's not great for your health but (laughs) moral here is that however you have been dealing with a breakup it's okay and I think there's a huge amount of forgiveness that gets to happen here oh yeah Um, and the biggest the key is like the self-forgiveness component Mm. like my biggest thing that I like a mantra that I have lived by since my recent one is forgive yourself for the things you did not know hell yes and Charles do you mind sharing some more I really Mm. Charles I'm going to link your Instagram here obviously in the show notes but what I admired here I actually when did I meet I met I think I met you just before I went through a big breakup and then after it, yes. you ended up going through this big breakup. And one of the mm. most beautiful things I got to see was I saw you not only look after yourself and keep your privacy, but you also shared a lot. You also shared about your pain really openly and really vulnerably. And I just admired it so much. And it was so fucking nice because I had been out here sharing my heart, sharing my pain about this breakup on my Instagram, which I never thought I'd ever do, by the way. Um, and all the messages I was getting was from people saying, oh my God, like, thank you. Like, I'm so happy to know I'm not alone in my pain. And when you shared all that stuff, it just reminded me of the exact same thing. And it felt so fucking good to not feel alone in my pain. And that's what I wish for this episode for anyone who's in this pain. If you're thinking about your ex from seven years ago, you're in pain. If you are just going through a breakup and you're in pain, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. if you're in pain, I want you to feel that you're not alone. And yeah. Share with us, Charles. Okay, so um, I was, my last relationship was a four-year relationship and I was actually meant to be married last month. Um, Wow. And 
yeah, had the full wedding planned, majority of it paid for, had a custom made dress created. Oh, the, the dress. Oh my God. That brought tears to my eyes seeing that the dress. Yeah. Yeah. It was like something out of a Disney movie. And this was truly the person I thought that I would be spending the rest of my life with. We had talked about our future. We had talked about starting a family this year, Wow! you know, where we would live with our family, create a family. You know, we had a lot of the same ideas on what it would look like to raise a family. Um, and in April this year, um, things took a bit of a turn. Well, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a bit. In January, like Kathleen was saying, I actually had a moment where I was like, something oh. is not right and I'm not being served. Yeah. And, and you feel it. You feel oh. that in your body, right? Like oh. it's a it's a bodily feeling. And that, for anyone who's questioning where the fuck was my intuition, I think that's it. Like yeah. that was your intuition there. It comes in a moment sometimes in a bit of a wave. And I'm just going to say hands down in relationships, it's really fucking hard to listen to your intuition because you have so oh, much else is. going on and you're so yeah. triggered and activated yeah. all the time because relationships truly trigger your deepest wounds. Like yeah. they oh, are God. the greatest place to heal, but they're also the place where you'll face the most triggers. And you need to know that, you know, you have to be okay with that. And I think we don't trust our intuition in the moment because we don't want to because of the narrative we've created. Yes, because then I'm going to end up alone, right? Then I'm going to end up alone. Mm. I'm going to end up childless without a family. I'm going to be seen by a failure as society. I'm going to be oh. seen as the fucking spinster, whatever yeah. it is. And it's it's so outdated now because oh. I, I know so many amazing women and men and yeah. so many people mm-hmm. who are single and happy yeah. with their life, yeah. knowing that their relationship status doesn't say anything about their self-worth yeah, or about their value oh. in this world. yeah. And I want to acknowledge here, I count myself as one of those people now, and I still feel pain about past relationships. I yeah. still have moments where I call my mom in the middle of the night and panic about dying alone with my seven cats. I still mm-hmm. have desire to be with people. I still have desire for a relationship. I still get jealous. I still get upset when I see beautiful relationships and I'm like, why the fuck can't I meet that person? And it's so, it is, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it doesn't mean that you are a failure. It doesn't mean that you aren't happy within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And they were the narratives, the failure one, especially. Yeah. What were you most afraid of? Like, and that, if you can think back yeah. to that moment where your intuition said, there's something not right here. What do you think your deepest fear would have been at that time? Saying it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but it was originally I'm from a small country town mm-hmm. and a lot of the girls I went to school with are married have babies right yep and of course Uh, remember we don't want to stray from the herd we want to belong we want to be like Mm -hmm. other people that's one of the core human needs yep and my biggest thing was I have failed and I'm going to be the laughing stock wow oh that was I mean there were other things but my like to my core I was like what are they gonna say what are they going to think about me? And the la- that word laughing, I'm literally getting a vision of like catty girls, like from mean girls laughing behind oh, your back, you know? Yeah. And fuck, that is painful. So, so painful. And, you know, they probably don't even give a shit about my life. Like, I just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like thinking back from people from high school, you're like, 
why am I so afraid of what these people think? Like they literally have their own lives, but yet sometimes it pops up, right? These people who are at a distance from us, but from a young age, we've been conditioned to care about what they think. Yeah. Yeah. And then second to that was obviously um, my unconditional love wound being triggered because Mm. I had this belief that males actually aren't capable of unconditional love. Wow. Oh my God. I fucking love that. I really resonate with that actually. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a father wound, an absent father. I had, you know, I had not seen a loving relationship. Unconditional love. Yeah. You know, my mom, I know that she unconditionally loves me because when my dad left, you know, she did. She stayed. She could. Yeah. Oh my God. Love and affection and, and all, and like she probably overcompensated in some areas to make up for that. Yeah. So then, you know, I've pedal stalled mom yeah and and women to some degree right like women because mom equals women and I remember the same thing like I 100% resonate absent father mom did everything she possibly could I have no idea how my mother did what she did and she even used to always say I feel like I'm playing both roles I feel like I'm I'm having to be both sets of parents and it's really hard you know and but yeah 100% 100% believe like for me it's so easy to love women, to love my friends, to develop really good relationships with them. But I've really struggled in my relationships with men because of the fact that I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced that unconditional love, you know, from a young age. And it's so, it's so important to think about. And again, the, the roles might be switched or you might have seen something in previous relationships you might have been through a really horrible experience with a with a person that's created some of these subconscious belief systems because that's what me and Chelsea are talking about when we're talking about your core wounds and your the abandonment rejection the father wounds your mother wounds whatever they might be what we're talking about really is a belief that has been inserted into your subconscious mind and you operate so When I say operate, I mean that you make choices and decisions every single day from that belief 90 to 95% of the time. Just automatically, that's how your subconscious works. You're only really, and of course you can change this number with, you know, doing a bit more presence and, and doing some of this beautiful work, but really you're operating from the belief systems that you've created based on your past, based on your upbringing, based on your relationship with your parents, with your siblings, the first relationships you have, and based on what was passed down to you generationally, what, you know, your parents went through, what their parents went through, what life was like for them. And that's, what's really important to consider. And that's why this work that both Chelsea and I do coaching with clients, that's what we're looking at. We're looking to discover what are these subconscious beliefs that are prompting you to take actions that aren't of interest to your highest good. So what's prompting you and me, it happened to me and Chelsea, what prompted us to ignore that hint, that hit of intuition that said, hey, this is not right for you. You deserve so much more. What prompted each of us to choose to stay in those relationships wasn't because we were weak. It wasn't because we didn't know what was good enough. It wasn't because we didn't listen. It was because of that such a strong subconscious belief system that was in place that was responsible for the actions and the choices that we make automatically every single day. Yeah. And this is just so important for you to remember because, and a big part of self-forgiveness, I feel like we should retitle the episode to how to forgive yourself, but a big part of self-forgiveness is recognizing when some things have been slightly out of your control based on what's going on for you or what has gone on. And that's why, 
this is why I think coaches and healers and practitioners call it the work because it does take work to reprogram your subconscious beliefs, to change how you feel about yourself so that you can change some of those actions that we do automatically every day. You know, when you let people treat you like shit or when you stand up for yourself and say, Hey, I don't deserve that. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the, the biggest thing is these wounds and these programs that we have created in childhood have been with us for such a long time, but it's also a cycle. They will continue to be triggered <laughs> until you do the work. <laughs> yes. And like, you see it, you see it in relationship yeah. to relationship. I don't know about you, but I went through the stage where I used to blame the relationship and the partner where I'd be like, <laughs> they triggered all the shit in me and it's not mine. It was because of them. And my next relationship's going to be so much fucking better. And a spoiler. And then the bloody next relationship I was in, I was stuck in the same patterns. I was, you know, so aware of being needy. I was just people pleasing. I was being the exact opposite version of myself. I was being whoever they wanted me to be. Yes. And I, as a result of that, I didn't feel seen, heard, understood, or I didn't feel loved. So even when I was getting reassurance from a partner, I was like, I don't believe you because I'm not actually being myself. I don't yeah. believe I'm worthy of love. Therefore, why would you, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think another big key component that is the safety. Yeah. Like because you're safe to be loved. Yeah. And yeah, it's not just a mind thing. Your your body on a physiological level, yeah. if it does not feel entirely safe, it's not going to take those words as an answer or as a belief. It's like, mm-mm, we <laughs> reject that idea. Yeah. You, I am not worthy. I am not good enough. You only deserve this breadcrumb of love. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think from like past experiences when we've tried to do the whole numbing thing, I don't know about you, but I also put myself in extremely unsafe situations with mm, with men yep. sexual partners yeah me too yeah yeah and even that then came up triggered from this recent breakup so you know sorry yeah to- go, go back to where we were sorry we just went on a big tangent <laughs> there but we went into your deepest fear and yeah. of not listening to your intuition and it was being laughed at by people mm-hmm. from your hometown and feeling like a failure yeah yeah and then once I had kind of processed that, the the unconditional love wound came into it from men. That and then that was that's such a good one. Yeah. Actually triggered. So when things were a little bit off between us and, you know, we had just finished asking our bridal party to be our bridal party. Jesus. Uh, right. Okay. So the timing was perfect. Yeah. Oh, stunning. <laughs> <laughs> so we, and then a week later I was like, I'm going to go home and see my mom for the weekend because something's just not feeling right and when I got back um he said to me it's over and I was kind of like what yeah (laughs) what do you mean mean? and we're engaged we're gonna get married we've just asked all these people to be in our bridal party like Mm -hmm. the dress what's going on yeah and like yeah had just had an appointment had my next dress appointment lined up which was going to be my final one all the things and I was just I think I was in shock to start with like I was in like this is not fucking happening like what no and I was in yeah I was in denial as well like Mm -hmm. he will change his mind um and because it wasn't you know like it was he tried to go about it in a in a roundabout way as well so I had this belief like oh we're just having some space so I kind of packed up my shit one weekend moved in with my sister and I just I still had the belief like this is just temporary so I wasn't allowing myself to feel it at that point because I was like this is hard, but it's not temporary. So I'm not going to feel 
you know, these feelings. Mm. And then I went back to him one night because it's comfort. It's my totally. fiance, even though in his head we were broken up in my head. Yeah. We not- can we just acknowledge the shame that can exist oh. in going back to a partner or going back oh. to an ex or even texting an ex like there is so much shame so many stigmas around like for me I've always felt so weak when I've even just wanted to go back you know even when I've just I felt so weak and like I'm such a failure and when I have texted or gone back and I've been like you're such an idiot and there's all this criticism and blame and shame and it's so not helpful is it it's so not helpful and loving it's the opposite of that and that is because of these belief systems of other people who've mm-hmm. considered it weak to do it. When really it's just, I'm really sad right now and I'm craving, I'm craving some connection with this person who I used to associate with safety and with love. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Right. That's okay. As long as obviously sometimes it's really hard because going back obviously usually isn't in, in the interest of your highest good. No, but and in this case, it wasn't. Yeah, but sometimes, and I'm curious whether this resonates. But sometimes it's part of the process. Mm. You know, well, that's the catch twenty two here. <laughs> because while it was absolutely not in my best interest, and I'll share why, it also was a huge fucking turning point. I bet it was. So yeah. After. Um, I went there. It was I was leaving, and I didn't want to. And I remember saying to him please just let me come home. Mm, Wow. Yeah. You are my home. And I was a mess. I was bawling my eyes out. We've just been intimate. So obviously like emotions Mm. and hormones are crazy. What did it feel like to have that moment where obviously you'd had a moment before where you were like, something's not right. And yet now you're here and you're so sure. It's like, as soon as and I've really felt this, but as soon as somebody's made that decision, it's it makes you cling on even tighter sometimes, doesn't it? It makes you go, fuck, if you leave me. And this is where it's so important to realize how deep our bodies fear stuff like this. This is what happens. If you leave me, your body thinks it's going to die because you've associated safety to this person, being provided for, having a family, belonging, acceptance, understanding, and love. They have met a lot of your needs. So for almost, and that's why... I think I love the the change in the narrative around recently where it's instead of, you know, we're all half of a whole, it's we're all whole and we're all looking for more to add, you know, we're all looking for someone to add value to our lives. And that's what relationships should be. We're not half of a whole, you know, you're not bloody going, what is that? Oh, what is that spiritual? Not a spiritual. It's a word. Flame, twin flame. I'm sorry, but what fucking BS. <laughs> and I am one of these people that has gone down the road of fucking typing oh, yeah. away, researching twin flame and going, oh my God, they were totally my twin flame. That means oh, I'm going to get together. Blah, blah, blah. Looking for all this like permission from the universe. Oh my God, wait, I have to say <laughs> one more thing. When I went through a breakup one time, actually, I'm going to be so honest, in my last breakup, which was like less than a year ago. There was an ad on Facebook for some psychic that was going to draw your soulmate. <laughs> and I, this is how far I got, I put my card details in. I was going to pay fucking $25 to have somebody send me a drawing of my future soulmate because I was in so much fucking pain. Oh, and I was God. so, my body was so terrified. I literally was in that state of, oh my God, I'm going to die without this person. Yeah. Going through yeah. that stage, 
that I was doing anything I could to grasp something of safety. And luckily I woke up before spending the $25. Um, but I actually am very curious as to what would come back. So maybe I'll get to do that one day. Um, but I was, I look back now and obviously I'm, I'm laughing, but I've a hundred percent gone to see psychics. I've read into my horoscopes. I've done everything. Oh, the horoscope. Yeah. To try and like, or run fucking numerology or whatever it is between two partners to try and get some sort of like, Hey, it's going to be okay. You know, or something. So what did it feel like for you, Chelsea, in that moment where you were, and you said that word yourself beautifully, which was clinging and feeling like I'm going to die. Cause that's what it feels like. Right. It does. And I, literally started hyperventilating in front of him. I dropped to my knees and I was like a puddle on the floor. And I remember, and this was something triggered in my last relationship as well. But in this one, like I just kept saying the words over, like, what do I need to change? I will do anything. I will. I'm sorry. I wasn't good enough. I will change that. I will work on myself. I know that I was a bad partner. All of these things were just coming. And it was like, do you like believe that you, you sorry to interrupt you, but I'm so curious here. Do you oh actually believe that you are a bad partner? Um, not, not for the, no, no, no. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I just saw you thinking they're going, no, hang on, Charles. Don't talk shit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were elements and I, and, and I'll talk about that in a bit because they're being triggered again recently with some things that have happened, but I think there were elements where yes, I was toxic Mm. because of conditioning and patterns and my own beliefs. But overall, I know that I was the most fucking loving Mm. and loyal partner. And that is still something I pride myself on so deeply Mm. is that I have so much love to give. And I think that was my downfall is that I had so much love to give because I was so desperate for love that I was continuously overcompensating. Fuck yes. And that for anyone that carries that wound of not feeling good enough, I think that's a real key is to recognize when you are giving all of your love to other people. And when you are like, they say basically that when you see something in someone else, it's because you see it, it's because you hold it within yourself or you're craving it. And so I remember I actually signed a piece of homework to a client once, which was every time you give somebody a compliment, I want you to give that same compliment to yourself. Yeah. And she had these moments of being like, oh my God, like I'm giving compliments to people because I'm craving validation from them. I'm giving them the compliment because I want them to say something nice to me because I'm feeling like I'm feeling off in our relationship or I'm feeling like, oh, something's not so good here. You know, like I'm craving that. And yeah. we do, we, we crave what we feel. We crave like a solution or the medicine to the wound that we carry. Right. Yeah. And so to do that, we overcompensate, we give our love away, we give our power away so that it will feel like there's more love in our lives. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly right. When I, reflect on this relationship now. And I often have these conversations with my sister. It's like, she says to me, I don't actually think you were as in love with this person as you were the idea of being Ooh, Oh my God. Yes. I so resonate with that. And I'm sure so many people listening because you can, in hindsight, you can look back and you can go, I remember in a recent relationship, having this huge moment where I, and it was a few months after we'd broken up and he reached out and he 
was wanting to check in with me and he's a lovely guy and he was wanting to check in with me. And I was like, Hey, no, like I don't think meeting up or having a phone call is going to be best for us best or actually best for me. Um, and I had set this boundary and he kept, he came back, you know, a couple of times and he was like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I had told him repeatedly, Hey, I'm good. Obviously I'm, I'm healing and I'm hurting, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. And I asked him, Hey, is there anything else going on? Like, is everything okay? Like, why do you, is there something you need to talk about? Mm-hmm. And he brought up this thing of, um, his friends had apparently seen me and I apparently had ignored them. And of course I hadn't seen them at all. And he was like, I just want to make sure that, you know, you're not mad at me. And in that moment, it was like mm-hmm. this moment where I, I took him off this pedestal, off this throne that I'd put him on um, because he ended this relationship and I, I idolized him. I thought he was so amazing and he couldn't see it within himself. He, he even said those words to me as we broke up, which is, I, I don't feel good enough for the, the love that you want to give to me. And I was so angry at that, but he didn't feel good enough. And it was this big moment of taking him off that pedestal that I'd put him on. And it took me till that moment to actually hear him and to actually see the pain and the humanness that was in him, which was, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like a good person. And I'm so worried that you think I'm a bad person, you know? And it was that moment. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm allowed to not like you. You know, yeah. we're broken up. Like it's okay if I don't like you. Yeah. And it was, it was such this moment. I remember having this overwhelming moment of anger being like, fuck, like he's reaching out to check in with me. And I kept going, God, he's so nice. Why does he have to be so nice? But that check-in was for him. It wasn't even for me. It was. It was for him to feel okay that he hadn't upset me or that somebody in the world didn't like him. And it was such a huge moment for me personally. Again, father wound, and we spoke about this, me and Charles, before we hit record, having this tendency to put men up on a pedestal and to believe that they are the heroes, the saviors, that they are so good. And the reason why I do that is because I have aspects of me that don't feel good enough for them. So it's really easy to, to put that divide and to put them up there. And I've had so many moments recently where I've taken men down off these pedestals that I've put them on and seen them for the humans that they truly are, who feel, who don't feel good enough, who make mistakes. And that's where that idea of unconditional love comes in, right? Can you one, allow yourself to be loved even when you don't feel good enough, even when you make mistakes, can you believe that you're worthy of love and acceptance and kindness and compassion, even when you're feeling like shit, even when you fucked something up, even when you've made a mistake, can you still believe that you're worthy of that love? And can you also love somebody in their mistakes, in their not feeling good enough? Can you also, that's a question I've been pondering, can I give unconditional love? Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, that's such a huge, because if you're lacking in that self-love, you do question whether or not your love for others is really authentic. That's it right there, isn't it? Do I really love them or do I love the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. And, And yeah. While I was on the floor crying my eyes out, he helped me back up to my feet. And this is probably what fucked me up the most. Oh, here we go. Okay. Take a breath, everyone. Take a breath. Literally. Ready? He looked at me and said, Chels, I don't love you. And I don't think I actually ever did. Oh my God. He said those words. Holy shit. Yeah. 
what a cliffhanger I've just left you on. Thank you so much for listening to part one of this incredible episode. Part two is up next. And part two is really about not just rehashing some of the stories of breakups and the lessons that we've learned and that maybe you've learned as well. But part two of this episode really focuses on how to find yourself after a breakup. And this is a question that I asked myself continually while I was going through breakups, but it's something that I speak about a lot with my clients and a lot on social media with people going through these experiences. How do you find yourself when everything has changed in these moments? And remember that just because a relationship has ended, it does not mean that it has failed. Relationships are about compatibility. This relationship ending, any ones that have ended in the past, they don't mean anything about your value and how worthy you are. They are purely based on how compatible you are as a couple, as partnerships, and in the life that you want to create with each other. It's pretty scary going through these experiences. So to anyone out there who is, I really encourage you to listen and join us, not only to hear the end of the cliffhanger for Chelsea's incredible story, but also to hear the tangible steps that you can take to find you, to find you after your relationship has ended and to start being okay with being single and to start investing in this relationship with yourself, which is the most important one out there. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tag and share us in your stories. It really helps me to reach more people through this incredible platform. I cannot wait to speak to you soon. Have a beautiful day.